When you think of a World Cup, it's not long before you think of Brazil and a whole host of football legends, from Pelé to Garincha, from Romário to Zico, from Socrates to Ronaldo. But can Alisson, Neymar, Casemiro and company add to that list of legends? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. Talking of legends, I've got three from the world of football analysis and tipping today. Mark O'Hare on duty once again. Mark, it's a tough start for Brazil as they face a potentially dangerous Serbian side. Brazil 1.52, Serbia around about 7.4. It's not a gentle start, is it? No, it does feel um, to have a, a sort of level of banana skin about it, the way Serbia have been playing. But um I think you have to, you know, give Brazil full respect too for the fact that they were going off the whole tournament around four to one. Yeah, they're around one to two to, to win this game to start the competition with a victory. And look, only four years ago, I thought they were very unfortunate to be knocked out by Belgium uh, at the quarterfinal stage. They could easily have gone on uh, for bigger and better things. And I think the team has taken a, an upward trajectory since then under Chichi as well. I think in print, defensively, they've improved immeasurably. And that's not individually, of course, but it, more, of, more of a system. Uh, they're not the most adventurous set of fullbacks we've seen a Brazilian team select. Um, Thiago Silva might be starting as well. He's an ageing centre-half. And you've got Fred and Casemiro in the midfield pivot so individually you could pick holes in this team but I think it's much more about the collective because that allows well that framework allows the, the front four to produce moments of magic and you know it kind of just shows uh, the strength of depth they have in forward areas that Vinicius Jr wasn't even a guaranteed starter for this competition uh, it looks like he will come into the team but he hasn't been first choice uh, for Brazil under Chichi either so um, you know they've got bags of creativity flair and top class ability starting and from the bench they scored 13 goals more than Argentina through qualification, but it's the fact they've only lost twice in competitive matches under Chichi. Uh, they're about as settled a team as we'll get in this competition. And I think they are probably quite difficult to dismiss for me. Um, I've seen a lot of Serbia in the last couple of years because they were in Ireland's qualification group. They were quite a fascinating team to follow under the, the sort of Yugoslav legend of, of Dragan Stojkovic. He's fully aware they've got huge amounts of talent in forward areas, uh, creative influence across the park. But um that does leave them exposed defensively and, and they are very much gettable. Uh, so in a, a qualification group alongside Portugal, Ireland, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan, they kept one clean sheet. Uh, if you include the Nations League, which was matches against Norway, Sweden and Slovenia, they've managed three clean sheets in 14. So they have to try and get the balance right because you don't want to meet Brazil and be a bit too gung-ho and get caught out in the other way, other way. So fascinated to see how this game plays out. Uh, I still do fancy Brazil. I fancy Switzerland to, to edge Serbia out just because I think they're probably a bit a bit smarter, a bit more efficient, a bit more experienced on the world stage. So, um, and there's I think there's talk as well that Mitrovic might miss out too. So uh, that would be a blow um, considering uh, the system that they normally play. So um, I'm happy to back Brazil to win this match and over one and a half goals, which is just shy of one point eight. Um, I think that's a really nice price on what we're considering is is the tournament favourites against the Serbian side, who I have my reservations about. Trader and tipster Mark Stinchcom poised like a coiled spring, ready to crunch the numbers for you. Stinch, Mark's mentioned it there. If fitness problems about Mitrovic, there have been doubts over Vlavic. You've got Philip Kostic on the left wing, who's a crossing machine. But if he's got nobody to cross to because they're not fit, that's going to be a bit of a problem. 
Yeah, I guess if Bitrovic doesn't make it, Luka Jovic will come into the first eleven, and he's not been the same player the last couple of seasons. And I think he's probably lacking a bit of match fitness as he hasn't been regularly playing, so that wouldn't be ideal either. So he likes yeah, a donut what... and a bag of crisps, Luka Jovic. <laughs> he used to have to hide those from him when he was a youth player at uh, Red Star Belgrade. So uh, he does have a sweet tooth. As much as maybe I want to uh, perhaps oppose Brazil at these prices, I mean they're a little, they're, they, they seem a little bit short. But obviously, as Mark kind of reeled off the stats there, and, and if Mitrovic is is absence, then yeah, maybe you can accept that the the price isn't isn't, isn't wrong. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't obviously do it without um, Serbia being at full strength. So um, actually, there's a the bet I quite like the look of. I well, originally I was looking at Neymar and Mitrovic both to score. That was seven to one, but actually I've decided uh, to go for Neymar to score and to be carded at seven to one. I thought that was quite interesting because the referee is Iranian Alriza Fagani who very coincidentally is exactly the same referee as when these two met at the last World Cup. Now, he didn't uh, book Neymar in that game, but he refed uh, a friendly between Brazil and Japan in June. And uh, this bet would have won in that game. Uh, Neymar scored and was also carded. Now, I'm not betting it just because it happened in that particular game. It's just uh, you know a nice coincidence that this referee is obviously not afraid to book Neymar. Um, uh, on the on the world stage, and you just look at Neymar's record. Uh, he's got 75 goals for Brazil, which is fantastic return, obviously. But he's got 32 cards, which is ridiculously petulant. Um, and he's got seven That's cards. That's the Neymar we know and love. <laughs> exactly, and he's got seven cards in his last 10 caps. So I don't know if he's getting more annoyed as he gets older, or you know, as as maybe Happens to us all. <laughs> I mean. Obviously, uh, like I guess you, in terms of internationally, you know, time is running out essentially um, for for success on on the world stage, and maybe that petulance is is coming to the fore. I'm not sure, but it's kind of similar for PSG as well because this bet's won nine times since February when he's been playing for PSG, and generally their matches are quite easy, especially in uh, in Liga. So, yeah, I, I thought uh, Neymar to score and be carded at 7-1 to one was a bit big, considering Neymar to score is 11-10. to 10. So I don't think it's asking too much that, yeah, he does something petulant to get himself on the yellow card sheet. Neymar do something petulant, surely not. Uh, the professor of punting, Jason Murphy, is with us. Jason, just looking at this group in general... Could this actually sharpen Brazil up ahead of the knockout phase? Because it doesn't feel like a group where Brazil could take their foot off the gas at any stage, really. Yeah, I think it could sharpen them up to the point that actually, you know, it could get a bit of a cut face off the back of Serbia. Now, if you're looking to do your bet builders, as the lads alluded to, wait for team news and just see Mitrovic and the likes, see who does start before putting them in your bet steps. But it's it's a lovely game for Brazil to get them up and running. The prices look about right in the match prices. The outright winner price to me on Brazil is still too short. And the World Cup is almost half a Champions League because you play half the group games and there's no second legs in the knockout. So there's more chance of an upset happening in the World Cup than the Champions League. And Brazil are that Man City price. And we talk about it time and time again. Man City might be the best team in the Champions League. Brazil are the best team arguably in the World Cup so far. Doesn't mean to win the competition. Brazil are just too short in the outright. So it'll be really interesting to see how to go in this game. The tip I'll just give you is to have a look at Danilo. There's talks that he might not start at right full back. Um, if he doesn't, Militao 
potentially might be starting. But if he does start, you can have a look at him there to pick up one foul, just one foul committed as one to two if you're looking to put in your back builder. So if he's starting, I definitely have a look at that. But we're also alluding to Stinch's bet on Neymar to be booked. We're waiting for clarification on FIFA whether he gets booked if he does a rainbow flick or not. So keep your eyes out and listen for that one. <laughs> oh, rainbows are very controversial at this World Cup. I don't know if you've heard about that. Uh, every day of the first week of the World Cup, we're offering a completely free £2 bet builder. Max one free £2 bet per customer per day applies to any bet builder on any World Cup game from the 20th to the 26th of November. Minimum combined odds 1.5 eligibility criteria and T's and C's apply. So you've already had some great options there to throw into your potential bet builder. Uh, Switzerland taking on Cameroon. Switzerland are odds on here. Cameroon, a massive price of 5.8, depending on your view. Of course, you might think it's a perfectly reasonable price. Uh, but Stinch, I want to talk to you about somebody we both like very much, Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting because he's been scoring goals left, right and centre for Bayern in the last couple of months. And I know you're very excited about his price to potentially score. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's 4-1 to one on the sports book and he's been absolutely incredible uh, this season. Um, very surprised to kind of be talking him in, in this kind of praising way, essentially. Uh, you know, we I think of him as this terrible player from Stoke City, to be to be honest. Um, but there's no way you can ignore his prowess this season. I mean, he scored, I think it's 12 goals in his last 10 games um, for for club and country. Uh, he's only failed to score in one of his last 10, and his finishing has just been superb. Um, and he just seems to be he must be playing at the highest confidence of his career, I think, because he was never he's never really been prolific wherever he's been, whether that's at Mainz whether that's at Schalke, obviously not, definitely not at Stoke. Um, but he just seems to be in absolute the right groove at the moment. I mean, he's he's 33, but I think we see with a lot of players in the modern era, um, I think they, some of them are getting better with age. Uh, yeah. You know, we look at Messi and Ronaldo, maybe not so much the last 12 months, but particularly in their early early to mid-30s, they, they were still setting uh, uh, records regularly. So, yeah, I think Chupa Moting uh, is, a, is a nice bet here if, if, if you're if you're on the same lines as maybe what you alluded to there, thinking Cameroon and uh, maybe a, a fairly big price. Um, I mean, they've only won one of the last 15 World Cup matches dating back to, to 1994, which maybe is driving the price a little bit. We look at a lot of the teams, African teams in the World Cup. Generally, they are, they are the underdogs against their European uh, counterparts. Um, but I do think they got lots of good attackers in, in the squad. Um, obviously, uh, Abubakar is going to lead the line as captain. You've got uh, Ikambi coming in off the flank, probably. So I definitely think they can cause the Swiss some problems. And what I describe as an ageing Swiss team, you know, Jan Sommer, Fabian Scher, uh, Granit Xhaka, uh, Shakiri. Uh, Seferovic, you know, they're all, they're all the wrong side of 30. It's very bizarre that they've taken four keepers and for some reason left out Steven Zuba at, at the expense of a goalkeeper. I mean, he got four assists at the Euro as last summer and he looked absolutely superb to me. So, yeah, I, I quite like Cameroon here, plus three quarters as well, around about 1.95 on the exchange. So even if Switzerland win by a single goal, you still get half your state back. 
And it, just in terms of bet builder options, I quite like the look of Chupa Moting to have two or more shots at 8 to 11. Um, for Bayern this season, he's averaging 2.7 shots per 90. Obviously, that's for Bayern, um, where they dominate a lot of games. And this is uh, for Cameroon, where they are the obviously big outsiders here. So maybe you might want to leave that one or maybe go for Chupa Moting, just one plus shot. Uh, I think the best one, though, in terms of bet builder is probably Granit Xhaka to commit two or more fouls at 8 to 11. Since the World Cup in 2018, he's committed 35,023 Swiss games. So, you know, it's not too far off two fouls per game. And if they do go in front, as the odds suggest, you'd imagine there'll be some sort of counter-attacks that might need stopping. Jason, we know the Swiss are very consistent. They finished above Italy in qualifying, which is largely why the European champions aren't at the World Cup. Are they the right price for you here? I, I completely accept what Stinch is saying about obviously they haven't really been able to freshen up that group. But actually, the flip side of that is they've been together a hell of a long time. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one to answer, Kev. I'm 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 going to get blisters on the, on the backside because I'm on the fence <laughs> up in that Switzerland price. If the comparison you can make is have a look at the African teams against European teams so far. Uh, Tunisia against Denmark, Senegal against Netherlands. They probably probably did better than what the market suggested, Tunisia particularly. So therefore, I think we could be, well, the markets could be overreading the gap here and maybe Switzerland are just a bit short. And Stinch has summed it up well. Like when I looked at this Cameroon team, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that, okay, there's potential for goals there. Um, Toko Alcambi when he's off at Iran, excellent. Haven't seen much from Matt Leon myself since he's gone. Uh, Chupo Moting, the new Lewandowski. Um, you know, Abu Bakr, when we've seen him in the African Cup of Nations, because obviously haven't seen him playing out in the Middle East, they do have goals in them. And they have a fantastic player, Anguisa, in the midfield. Like the season Fulham went down, he was good. He went to Villarreal, he was good. He's gone to Napoli. People are seeing just how good he actually is. So for me, that Switzerland price looks a little bit short. We always advise don't back the early kickoff. Um, so if you are sneaking to the bathroom to watch this, you probably want to have a bit of a fun bet. So maybe both teams to score at six to five. If you're in work and you're having a look on the phone, it's probably something that you can watch when the ball's at either end of the pitch. But I've no strong bet on this one. Just that I think that gap there is a bit it's a bit big for the markets. Switzerland lost to Ghana 2-0 last week as well and had a, a reasonably strong 11 out as well. And if you do sneak out to watch the game at work, you can now blame Jason because you can say he put the idea in your head in the first place. Uh, Mark, just a view on this one from you. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm pro-Switzerland. <laughs> I shocked um, you there, didn't I? I wasn't yeah, ready. Um, I'm pro-Switzerland, so um, very much so. Um, and it's more, well, it's almost a balance. You know, I'm quite pro-Switzerland in this group and I'm, I'm very negative and down on Cameroon. Um, yes, there's individuals in certain areas who um, you know deserve plenty of respect in terms of Anana in goal and the guys I've already mentioned in midfield and going forward. My big concern about Cameroon is the leadership and the coaching qualities of Rigobert Song, who is effectively a yes man for Samuel Eto'o. Um, and, you know, just some bizarre movements they've, they've made in the, in the warm-up, really, for the World Cup in September. He basically left six or seven players behind, uh, didn't bother bringing them for uh, World Cup warm-up matches because he said he knew all he did or you know, all he needed to about them. So a lot of his senior players were left behind. So, I mean, that's hardly ideal for organisational skills when you're coming into a World Cup when you think you'd be trying to sort of batten down in your game plan. Uh, Cameroon traditionally have been pretty poor, uh, turning up with better squads than they have at the World Cup and, and African nations have been pretty dreadful in the World Cup since 2016. I think they've lost 40 or 70 games since then. And wow. um Yeah, that's I mean, it's, it is. And, um, you know, I just looked to a Swiss team who... Yes, they've been quite unfashionable, um, but they are 
effective and efficient. And our last three wins in the Nations League are against Portugal, Spain and Czech Republic. Three very different teams who play very different ways as well. So um, I think the price is absolutely fine on Switzerland. I'm more than happy to be involved against a Cameroon team who've lost all three games on their last two appearances with stronger squads and, and probably a, a better leadership in place then too. Lovely stuff. Considering Swiss uh, are generally associated with being neutral, we've had some lovely differing views there. Uh, on to Group H then. Uruguay up against South Korea. The South Americans 1.78 favourites to take the win. Marco, we'll come to you first here. They've got a hell of a lot of firepower, Uruguay. And we've been quite positive about them in general. Yeah, um, they've come a long way, really, in 12 months since Diego Alonso uh, took charge. Um, I think, uh, not Tata Martino, uh, uh, Washington Tabarez, who'd been there for, what, 15 years or so, uh, was a bit unfortunate, really, with the with the injuries and the way in which the fixtures played out. And he lost his job with four games to play. And Diego Alonso had a bit of a free hit, really, to, to qualify them with, with manageable, winnable matches, really. And, and he did that. But they've since won seven of nine over the last calendar year. They've looked more solid at the back and forceful in forward areas, too. And... You look at some of the key players in their team, Fedia Valverde has, has been one of the stars of La Liga so far. Bentancourt and Darwin are making big impacts in the Premier League. Then you've got all the experienced heads of Suarez, Cavani, Godin. Um, so, you know, put it all together, there's a, a nice mix of youth and experience. There's that kind of unrivaled hunger and fighting spirit, uh, the fierce kind of approach that Uruguay always tend to take in these competitions. And they're, they're the kind of opponents I don't think many teams will relish playing, really. And I think the pressure is obviously on because you win this group and you probably avoid Brazil in the last 16. If you finish second, you probably meet Brazil in the last 16. So um, I'm expecting them to be pretty proactive and pretty forceful from the start here. And uh, yeah, I mean... I don't have a huge amount of hope in South Korea, in all honesty. Um, their record when not hosting in this competition is is woeful through the years. And, and sure, they've got Son fit and available, or how fit he is, we don't know. He'll probably play in the mask, but that's a big boost. But outside of that, um, I just worry about them, really, because there's a, a bit of an apathy towards the national team under Paolo Bento. Um, they've moved away from their traditional fast, direct, counter-attacking style. They're playing much more possession-heavy football under a Portuguese coach and they've looked really stodgy and short of ideas outside of Son. Uh, and sure, a lot of those matches will come against deep-lying defences in Asia, which you know requires a different approach. But um, they're outscored by both uh, Australia and Iran in the third phase of qualification, which kind of goes to show where their shortcomings are at. And uh, you know, if it's not Son, who's going to step up to the plate, really? Uh, you've got the two Huangs in the squad who are capable, but um, I just fancy Uruguay to be that bit more by a bit more physical and uh, with a bit more quality as well in forward areas. Well, this football season, you can get a helping hand with Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Portugal get their campaign underway against Ghana. Jason, there's been all the talk of Ronaldo. We now know that he's left Manchester United. Uh, the contract dissolved with immediate effect, believed to be a mutual decision. There's been all this talk of how much of a distraction he is. He says he isn't. He's probably not the best man to go to for that information, <laughs> really. Um, but he is still an incredibly effective operator. It, it's a weird one with Portugal, isn't it? Because he scored more international goals than anybody else in history. But there are a lot of fans in Portugal who believe, to some extent, he holds the team back. Yeah. Um, yeah, just give me a microphone and let me tell you from this stage that I'm not a distraction. I am not a distraction. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It definitely the narrative happens. is not about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in fairness to him, though, like throughout his career, like he has delivered, and 
you know, it's it's up to him to deliver at the World Cup. If Portugal fall flat on their face here, he's going to cop a lot of flack for it. And, and rightly so, in my opinion. I know he wanted out of United, and that's purely what motivated the interview. And, and it's played out exactly how he would have wanted from that point of view, from what I can see. Uh, Portugal the last two years particularly when, when he went to Man United if Ronaldo was missing from the starting 11 we've seen an overreaction to the markets the difference that it made like if Cavani was fit if you had a fit Cavani I'd rather have him than Ronaldo for that season because the chances Ronaldo would take Cavani would score them as well yeah. and what Cavani would give you off the ball would have been a lot better and that's the question that you bring to this Portuguese team now are they actually better without him? Because what's going to happen is you're going to have Joe Felix or Rafael Leo are going to be on the bench. One of them is probably not going to start. And also probably what has helped in a weird way, with at least with that decision for Santos to make, is Jota being injured and being out as well. That's another that arguably you could have started those three up front and then Bernardo Silva and you could also play Bruno further forward if you wanted. So I do think he holds them back. And for that reason, I, I won't be pro-Portugal for this match for the group or for the tournament um, purely off the back of that to have a world class squad um, if you're watching this game the matchup for me to watch is going to be Tariq Lanty and Nuno Mendes and the two boys just bypassing each other um, they're great fun aren't they yeah the M50 is the motorway in, in Dublin obviously not in rush hour but when it's not busy they'll be like that just flying by each other <laughs> opposite ways it's going to be a good watch um, so yeah I I wouldn't be I just want to lay Portugal at that price, particularly again. We said about Ghana beating Switzerland. It's you, know, you have to park your cognitive biases, and I can't remember if this was actually said by an Irish commentator on TV or if it's a joke myself and my friend started and we've had it going. But uh, there's a skate call at Bray match where impressionists do the commentaries that to be on RTE, and either the impressionist or the actual pundit, I won't name him, said about how naive African teams are at the back. And I'm just wondering if that kind of thing carries through and subconsciously we, we we just rate these African teams worse. They're far from it. And football has moved on a lot in the last 20 or 30 years. You're not going to see him running out of a free kick to kick away a ball before out of wall before it's even taken. So for me, I just that Portugal price is too short until we see evidence to prove otherwise. And we didn't see it in their group. They were in the same group as Mark Luto with Serbia and Ireland. Ireland nearly bet them away. It was Ronaldo pulled it out of fire for them. And then they had a disappointing nil-nil that meant they ended up needing a result against Serbia and ended up having to come through the playoffs in the end. And luckily avoided Italy. Macedonia did them a favour. So I know I've ranted there and it's been all negative on Portugal. So I'm going to lay Portugal as what I'll be looking to do at that price. Good. That's what we want. Ranting is good. And by the way, the M50 challenge we're hoping to set up for next season, Nuno Mendes and Tariq Lamptey just running past each other uh, for an hour. We're going to get that uh, going to get that sorted if we can. Uh, Stinch, 1.4. Seems short to me. Seems short to Jason. Do you think it is? Um, I haven't really got a strong opinion. Again, it's sometimes it's difficult to assess the ability of these African sides against European opposition. I mean, we look Is that at worse now because of the Nations League? Because they don't have those windows to yes. face them? Yeah. I think so. I think so. And also there's like, sometimes there's a lack of data for these African qualifiers 
um, particularly when they go to some of the nations that are maybe not that well established. There's just there's just yeah a, a lack of data available, so sometimes it's difficult to assess. And actually, if you look at Ghana against uh, non-African teams recently, they conceded three to Brazil and four to Japan. Um, I don't want to read too much into two games, but they had strong teams out in both of those matches, so that would be my concern. Um, however, here. Um, he wants us to make the game all about him. So I'm very happy to make the betting all about Mr. Ronaldo. <laughs> and I was try- Well, I think I've, I've done my homework, hopefully, for, for us here. Because if you look on the uh, sports book, there is 147 different mentions of Ronaldo on the, on the Portugal v Ghana market. And I've wow. gone through every single one to try and find the best bet. So here's a few that I came across. Um, you get Ronaldo one plus header on target at five to two. Uh, he's obviously a, you know, a mammoth in, in, in the box. And that doesn't require him obviously to score, just a head to go towards target. Don't think that's a, a big one to ask for. Uh, nine to one to score from outside the box. Five of his last 22 Portugal goals have come from outside the area. His odds on to score. He's eight to 15 to have five or more shots. So I thought the nine to one was quite chunky. But actually, I think my favourite one I decided on was five to one on Ronaldo to score a brace. He's got 117 goals for for Portugal. He loves a brace at a major tournament. He had uh, two last summer against both France and Hungary. You go back to the World Cup, he scored that hat-trick against Spain. He scored a get, uh, brace against Hungary in Euro 2016. And previous to that, he also scored a brace against Holland. And overall for Portugal, he got 29 occasions he scored two or more goals. So I think if he's odds-on to score, I don't think it's a big ask for him to get another one in what will be his, obviously his first game since back since this, you know the interview and being released from Man United. And I think he'll have a huge point to prove. Wow, Stinch's version of a one four seven maximum there. Lovely stuff. <laughs> uh, that's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. And while you're there, you can see all of the lovely preview content we have across a range of sports on the website. From Jason, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now.